name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Our church takes great pride, obviously, in the Virgin Mary, as does all of Christianity. And our church fought hard for St. Mary, um, which is one of the reasons why we emphasize her so much, why we have the Theotokayas, for example, that we pray every single day. Um, in fact, we have that we exalt you, the Mother of the True Light, which we say before the Creed, which some people think was written by St. Cyril in the Synod of Alexandria when they condemned Nestorius before the Ecumenical Council. Um, and one of the things that we say in, um, in the Tizbacha, in the Theotokayas, that, that to me captures what we're not able to say, right, is the Father looked down from heaven and found no one like you. We praise and glorify him and exceedingly exalt him, right? We always connect the praise of St. Mary with our Lord, but also we don't, we're trying to, to articulate somehow the honor with which God honored her, saying that God, who's outside of time, looked at the whole of creation through all of time, through every single generation, and said, who is the one that is worthy of this honor? And so that by itself should say something about St. Mary, right? And this is why we look at her and we call her the Queen of Heaven, right? And that we, um, we believe that she is ranked above the angels and the archangels and the cherubim and the seraphim, right? Which is why we say, we say through intercessions, not through the prayers. Um, and it's also why we pay great attention in our tradition to some of the details. If you look at any Coptic traditional icon, you'll see St. Mary is on Christ's right, right? That not on the left, because we say, upon thy right hand, O King, to stand the Queen, that King David spoke of, right? And that's why also we link St. Mary to any praise we have for our Lord. So for example, during the dressing of the Tonyas, which we do mostly on the feast because of timing, right? We sing Teno Osht, we sing, we worship the O Christ. And immediately when that hymn is done, we sing Shere Mareya, we sing Hail to you Mary immediately because the praise of God is immediately followed by the praise of St. Mary. So our church likes to have her always having her due honor in all things um, and at all times. So I'm not going to spend too long, but just a few characteristics that we should um, look at and saying what are some of the things that our Lord looked at because we could go on and on and on and there are books and and, and so many praises written by the saints about our, about our Lady. The first is that unlike our mother Eve, right, who was asked by our Lord just to fulfill one commandment, just don't touch it, right, and couldn't handle it, the first Eve was disobedient, right, in the garden. But the new Eve, right, the second Eve, just like Christ, the second Adam, was obedient. Obedient beyond measure. Right? Not just in saying yes to the Lord and the Annunciation, right? but she said yes when they forced her into the temple. I don't use the word forced because they weren't angry. But when she was put in the temple at the age of three, right, it was a promise her parents made, not her. She didn't reach a certain age and say, what's, and his MBA, what's my issue with this? Right? Why am I the one who's stuck in the temple? Is that she, she said, okay. Right? She completely accepted it. She accepted it and she accepted it happily. And then when they decided for her, it's time for you to go, she didn't argue, right? She didn't say, well, what other home do I have? First you put me here, now you're sending me out. And on top of it, you're trying to choose a husband for me, right? And on top of that, 
who did you choose for my husband? A really old man, right? That wasn't probably the wish of most people who were her age, right? Is that we, our tradition is that Joseph was actually very old. He was not very young. Um, but she said, okay, right? She said, okay. And then she said, okay, even when it was going to hurt her reputation, right? When the angel came to her and said, you will bear a child, right? And she said, gently, how can this be, seeing that I don't know not a man? She didn't say, okay, but what are the people going to say because then they're going to think that I'm cheating on my fiancé because they weren't married yet, right? She didn't look at that, that as her argument to make, right? Instead, she just cared about her virginity, which she was keeping for the Lord, right? Is that she was, she was only thinking about what does this mean because I, I have vowed myself to God. And so explained to me how this is going to happen. He said, no, you're, the, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You won't know any man. And that was enough for her. Right? That she didn't say, okay, well, can you tell me how I'm supposed to deal with it? What am I going to do when the people say things? She just said, okay, be it done unto me according to thy will, which should be our refrain. Because the highest level of Christianity, right, this is what the Desert Fathers teach us, is to learn how to submit my whole will to God. Right? Is that of being able to say in all things, I won't move unless by the word of God. This is why the prophets, why the saints, no one did anything unless the Lord God instructed it. Right, that this is the highest level of them. She said, I don't care. I don't care about my life. I don't care about my reputation. I don't even care for an explanation. You are who you are. I believe you are who you are. And what you say is what I will do. Right, her obedience was, was perfect. And in her obedience, she had a level of humility that goes beyond. Right, is that even her response to the angel was, oh, well, finally God is recognizing me for all my hard work. Right? This is long overdue that God gives me something. But instead, first, right, she just says, Who am I? Right? Behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. Which is which is actually a really dressed up in, in old English makes it sound really nice. She's saying, I'm the slave. Right? She's not saying I'm just a maiden, I'm a young lady. She's saying, No, I, I consider me a slave to God. This is voluntary submission. This is this is her humility. Right? And 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 her humility after knowing that she is going to be the mother of the Messiah, and keep in mind that all women were waiting for the Messiah, and they're all hoping to be the mother of the Messiah, right? And so those who weren't able to have children were often mocked, right? It was seen as a, as like a, as a curse that they couldn't have kids, and also meant you have no chance of being the mother of the Messiah. So it was something that everyone was eager um, to hear about. Whereas St. Mary, in the conversation, the angel finds out her cousin, Right is pregnant, and she says that her first inclination it shows that the purity of humility that it wasn't the side thought after she dealt with it. Her first inclination was, I should go help my cousin, right? Because she's old, right? That was her first impulse, right? How many of us is our first impulse to be at the feet of one another, right? As the very first thought, not after you get over it, you think to do something. How many of us, when if we're elevated in the service, our first thought is, how do I make it meaningful to the people that we serve, as opposed to, I need to tell everyone, right, that I got elevated, that now I'm going to be a priest, now I'm going to be a servant, now I'm a mean khidmah, right? How many of us, as our first inclination, say, how is this going to affect the children of God? How can I more use this gift that's been given to be at the feet of other people? This was the inclination 
of, of Our Lady, right? Which is why even her cousin is shocked. And she goes, how is it that the mother of my master comes to me, right? And she doesn't be like, yeah, I know I had free time, right? And so she's excited to be there with her and to give her as much as, as she could. Her humility in accepting to have no say in anything, right? Not just in the obedience, but imagine the humility that she had when our Lord would say words that people didn't understand that might have sounded strong, right? When they came and said, behold, your mother is afar, right? And he says, and they, and they said, blessed is, your, is, is the womb that bore thee and, and the breast that suckled you, the one that breastfed you. And he says to them, yeah, but rather better are so-and-so, right? She accepted this, right? She accepted not being able to be close to her son all the time. She accepted the prophecies concerning her son. When she brought her son to the presentation, right, to the temple, the prophetess in the temple told her, the sword will pierce you, right? She accepted this humbly. She followed her son around during his sufferings, right, and, and didn't fight it, right? Is that she didn't see her will as being greater than the will of God, even at whatever cost it was to her. Which is why, to me, the other part, the third thing, and I'll, and I'll end with that, that we really should look at, and I know I've said this before, but it's because I can't, I still can't fathom the depth of this, right? But is her willingness, her ability to suffer, right? That this is something, this is not something many people can do, right? The ability to bear pain innocently, right? It's one thing to suffer justly. It's a whole other thing to suffer when you have done nothing else. Can you imagine can you imagine being told from your child's infancy your child is going to die right your child is going to suffer right we all know that that's a possibility right when people have children right but look at how we react when we lose young people and understandably imagine then for her to carry throughout her whole entire life every moment knowing that it's going to come to an end Right? It would make most mothers and most fathers want to say, well, I need to spend every moment possible that I can have with that person since I know they're going to go. Right? When we get news that somebody's terminally ill, suddenly all the family comes, right? everybody's with them by their side for as long as they can. Whereas our, our, our lady took it, and she, it says that she took these things, she stored it within her heart. Right? And she took the pain and she took the sufferings. For those of you who have seen The Passion of the Christ, I felt that, that that movie was the first time where I saw, where I could envision what it must have been like um, for Our Lady to stand from without and to watch, and to watch people mock her son, to watch people call her son a liar, to watch people spit on him and abuse him, whether physically or mentally, and to take all of that. And then from within this, to continue to give, right? Because even after the death and resurrection of our Lord, she didn't take a prominent place. Right? She didn't, she didn't suddenly be like, okay, now let me tell you I'm his mom and I'm going to sit. She, she continued to serve. Right? Tradition tells us that she became a mother to many virgins um, and that she had them in her care. But she maintained this quiet, humble role even unto her last breath. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There are so many characteristics. I hope that everyone meditates on her, our church, commemorates her the 21st of every month, right, the day of her departure from 21st of Toba. Um, we also commemorate her the Annunciation to her 
every single month on the 29th. And then we have obviously the special feast for her in August, which is an indication of how much we want to celebrate her. Finally, I would just say, for those of you who haven't already, I don't think anyone should have an intercessor by themselves and not have the Mother of God with your intercessor as your main intercessor. Our Lord on the cross, in gifting her to St. John, gifted her to all of humanity. And we can find in her a mother who listens, a mother who cares, a mother who can relate to us in our sufferings. She really is the, the pride of all of our humanity. May God grant us to, to try and imitate her in her virtue, that we might learn and see the love of God. And may we all praise her with her son and her father and the Holy Spirit. To them be glory now and always in the age of ages. Amen.